And here they come. Louth, O'Brien, O'Neill, Conlon, White, Coleman, Bean, Riley, Cunningham, O'Donnell, Lynch, McDonnell, Rose, Smith, Blood, and me and... Breaks inside to Stephen White. The one man that can do it, and he's done it! A goal for Louth. Paulo Hanlon, a vital touch. Now he's Stephen White to his right. This must be it! It is! I don't believe it! Kildare must be out of the Leicester Championship. At midfield, wearing number eight, the first all-star ever from Louth, would you welcome Paddy Keenan. Arguably the most popular of tonight's winners, Paddy has led from the front for Louth since his championship introduction in 2003. Here's a chance for Rooney! What a goal by J.P. Rooney! And then it happened. Bean sends in from the sideline and Sean Cunningham finishes it at the net. Loud are in front. And here it is. Loud are All-Ireland champions for the third time. Hello and welcome to the Loud and Proud Monday morning Champod podcast. It's where I sum up the entire weekend's action and what a weekend, what an opening weekend it was. So here we go, let's get rocking. I don't know about you, but I'm absolutely exhausted after that opening uh, weekend of action. So we had, uh, I'll run through the results, I'll go through all the games. And then I will give my uh, red stars, players that shone and players that have the ability and should be and could be on the Laird Senior Panel going forward. And then I'll finish up with fixtures for next weekend and predictions as well. So, um, right, here's the results. I'll go and I'll start with Junior first and Rochem is 3.16, Nicks 1.5. The Malachies 17 points, Dowdles Hill 8 points. Stabann and Parnells 2.13 Cuchulain Gales 8 points and then on Saturday John Mitchell 6.17 Animinian 1.5 and then Glide 1.15 Westerns 1.8 and then on Sunday uh, the final game of the Junior Championship uh, the Piercy 4.7 the Sean McDermott's 2.12 so that's wins for the Piercy the Mitchells Glide Malachy, Stabannon and Roach in the opening round of the Junior Championship. Right, next up, intermediate results. Matic Rangers, 13 points. Cooley, 10 points on Friday night. Then on Saturday, um, Clannagale, 13 points. Oliver Plunkers, 12. Then the Feckins, 11. And Dock Young Ireland's, 10 points. So two one-point wins there. And then on Sunday, the Brides beat the Kevins 14 points to 1-9. And then on to the Senior Championship with uh, four games taking place on the Sunday. We had the first of those wins was the Dreadnoughts 115, the Pats 14 points. And then the Mochtas 113, the Dock Gales 10 points. And we had... RD 2.14 the Rattleys 3.10 so the RD won by a point there 20 points to 19 and then last and by no means least the Nave Martin 2.12 the Joes 1.9 so that's wins for the Joes RD Dreadnoughts and the Moctis so uh, I suppose that's the, that's the fixtures really and I suppose the, the one thing that comes from it is there was no shocks 
I have a thing on Instagram where I, I, I give a choice and it's a poll, you pick your winners and a lot of people are getting high percentages. Everyone is getting the one picking the one team to win and that team is inevitably winning. Like it all went fairly straightforward in um junior and senior and there was there was no real shocks I suppose. That was probably the one downside or one slight on it. Um, there was no shocks, no big uh, upsets, maybe more so than shocks. Um, the shock for me was the the standard of the Division Two teams and how you can't really, you can't really, um, you can probably discount the league, really, because your the form is not really similar, especially when you look at the Division Two teams um, and how some Division Two teams didn't go go that well, but. Uh, yeah, all in all, though, all in all, enjoyable. Um, it's nice to be out in the grounds again. Stabannon was was stunning Friday and Saturday um, evening. Uh, finished off by Dunlear, which is which is a great. It's, it's becoming a great little venue there, a great tradition in Dunlear as well. The Grove as well always stands up, Dowdles Hill, and it always makes it better that the sun is shining as well. Not to mention Loud Village and the clans had a, had, a, had a game as well. So yeah, sun came out and it's just lovely to see the little ecosystem of little pockets of uh, supporters and players there watching the team they're going to be pl- possibly playing next week with two teams playing and they're, they're playing the winner. They're, they're trying to look at the two, either two teams up. And they're all there and they're little squads and they're mixing with other teams it's just nice it's just good it's good it just shows the little community spirit that's within Loud GA um, we all know each other we all get on and it's it's great off the field the, the, the crack and the camaraderie is there despite being on different teams and competing against each other so that's that's lovely to see and I suppose um, we'll start with Junior and an overall look at the Junior Championship so far is that uh, there's there's like without Lanlear, Lanlear are my are my uh, four team in that top bracket, and it just shows like the Roach, the the Glide, and the Naps are in that top four bracket, putting um, putting the high score high scores on their their opponents. Uh, I suppose who <sighs> I suppose the, the Glide would have come out the best over the weekend. That was a that was a big win um, over the Westerns. Uh, statement win because it was seven points and a, a lot of people thought it would be including myself thought it would be a lot closer thought the Westerns might push them all the way but uh, Garrett Moran back helps and then a good performance for Trevor O'Brien as well Deshaun's putting 212 in the Piercy will be worrying for the Piercy but then 417 their confidence will be up and they'll be playing Roach in a big game come next weekend but uh, the Roach put up a big win but they'll probably be unhappy to concede one five as well because they look very much in control. Uh, but also, Anamania didn't get on too well. They were they were well beaten by the Mitchells, who probably upped everyone's estimations like by hitting that score. And they'll be they'll be gunning for next week as well, especially in their newly freshly launched uh, second kit. When we're having clash with Anamania Rovers, no smashing kit looks really well. So uh, intermediate then. I suppose I won't really comment on it too much, but uh, one thing that is really apparent is the tightness of all the margins. Um, 
the one point victories for the clans and the feckins um, two points for the brides and three points for Matic as well so it just shows there's absolutely no easy games and they're all down to very very f- the one score games be it a goal or a point um, in it and then on to the, the four senior games really high quality for all, that's fairly apparent as well in all those four games you had um the first, the first game, I suppose, that well, it kind of went under the radar would be um, the Pats and Dreadnoughts. The Dreadnoughts, uh, eking out a win there. You're you're checking your um, Twitter account and you're seeing how's it going and who's going and you're hearing things about the game and see it was very very tight. The early goal for the, for Clare set them up. The Pats had to work hard to get back into it. They did get back into it. Um, but uh, Jay Hughes seemingly was in control for the for Clocher k- kicking over a couple of points freeze as well. That's a new addition they've added as well, so that's great for them. The county players came up trumps. James Callis around the middle of the field. Andy Williams went on uh, Daniel O'Connor and showed him down um, at centre forward. Carl Grogan hit eight points for the Pats as well in a good performance as well. So all in all, the Pats can be still like they can take a lot from that loss. And Clark can also take a lot from that loss, showing grit again, um, similar to this stage last year. Maybe they can push it on with these fresh, younger players in the mix. But um, no, I'm looking forward to getting to see them next weekend. They'll be playing the Sean O'Mahonies. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I suppose the main result, the main result, the main talking point of the whole weekend would be the Moctis win. Um, I was lucky enough to be down at that game in Derrydles Hill and. Uh, they're a breath of fresh air, really and truly. They um, they win them by six points, nine point turnaround, or three points down early on. The Gales look quite look quite solid. They um, they've changed their team around from recent seasons. They're not as defensive as they were. They um, players like, for example, David McComish is playing in the forty. Um, they don't play with a sweeper. Derek Crilly's back in the middle of the field. Aidan McCardle and. Uh, Jeremy McSorley had two scores inside but the, the Mocktis just shut them down um, Stephen McCoy was, was allowed a ton of space um, just when they went four points to one down um, Decky went out the field and that space just opened up for Stephen McCoy who really made hay when the sun shone today in Downhill's Hill he uh, he had a hand in the, the three points to get them level. Set up Kieran McMahon. He twisted and torn himself to two points. Then they were full control and the Gales were very wasteful. Um, and when you're wasteful, you need the other team to be wasteful. And, the, and to be fair to the, the Mockers, I know they played with a lot of heart and a lot of passion and desire and hunger and enthusiasm being back and senior but there were no fools they um, they punished the Gales at every opportunity Eamon O'Neill palms a goal just before half time to really really give them a load of confidence going into half time then second half they just continued to punish the Gales sloppiness Jamie Farrell hit a superb brace of points um, and then Eamon McCardle himself Really, nearly rallied by himself to hit three points, but just it just wasn't going to be the Mockers weren't going to be stopped. Jerry Garland kicked, clipped over a couple of points. Some of the subs came on. Craig Lennon, in particular, um, hit a point, and he uh, he missed a goal chance as well. He came from that good minor team last year. 
Danny Kinlan kicked the point as well. I think all of the start mocked us forward scored. Um, so that shows you the, the score power to have. They're not just relying on Declan Bourne anymore. They're good spread of scores. And like for a team that's just come up, similar to the Joes a couple of years ago, to have a lot of momentum there, a lot of good players there, well coached with Kieran Quinn. They uh, have... It's just solid, solid 7 out of 10 players in every position. David Lennon, full-back line impressed as well. Philip Englishby, solid as well. Andrew English sent the back as well. Came up the field and rattled the crossbar. So, loads of quality there. Loads of options now off the bench as well, even with, with, with black cards and uh, hot days. They have a panel now as well. And they still didn't even bring on Casey Bourne as well. So, they might have him later on in knockout stages. But a big win for the Mock. This, um, it's really, it's really, they're great. Like I said, they're better fresh air. And they're kind of like, um, they're template for any small club or big club. To uh, work on your juveniles and get get the passion around the community, and you get up to, to senior. And after thirty six years, it was a, it was well worth the wait. And they, after a slow start, it must be said they they really got they really found their feet, and they could they could take this year's senior championship by storm. Then the two late games in Dunleer, um I suppose it's a it, it's a con it's a contrast in the two winners. Ardy looked. Like looked superb early on, really good. Um, looked like it was going to be looked like it was going to be a really dull contest. They went five 0 up. They were uh, very comfortable. Uh, Roland Carr was excellent. I think he landed four points in total. Um, no, five points in total. Five from play. Very powerful forward. Clarkie on the forty. And then they just kind of seemed to relax off. Barry Flanagan for the. Rahalis kicks a couple of points. <laughs> then Chris Smith, who came, who returned to the panel with Aaron High having leaving, having left them, or being asked to leave, depends who you're talking to. Um, Graham Leach, former player, and Key Hughes, former player, took over the reins of the team on the day. I don't know how long term it's going to be, but they took over. And so the players had to back themselves. And <laughs> once they're in the corner, they they came out fighting. Um, um, like I said, Barry Barry Sullivan or Barry uh, Flanagan did very well. Um, they just wouldn't go away. The rallies, as much as Ardy had the scoring power and potential to put a lot of scores on them, they would not go away. And it made for like Conor Gillespie gets a second goal after half time, but the rallies just kept coming and kept coming. And with the rallies, they're never too far out of the game because they will get goals. And tonight it was uh, Rory Moore got a, got a goal and. Um, it was the who got the Olin Walsh, a good young player as well. He got the first goal. He got the the second goal, their second goal in the second half, and one point game. And if you were the Marys, you would have been absolutely kicking yourself. You would have been pulling your hair as a fan, the way they lost control of the whole the whole proceedings. Like they were well on top, well well able to mix it, well able to go forward. They have massive scoring potential. Like I said, I didn't even mention Mark Fay, Keen Moore, and uh, Kieran Keenan as well. They just, but they, they didn't manage the game out. They didn't manage it well, and they let the Rallies back into it. There seems to be a lack of composure in that team. But in saying that, it was their first win since the semi-final win in 2016 over the Dreadnoughts. That's three years now without winning the senior championship, not counting the relegation playoffs. So maybe it doesn't matter. An F. They just wanted to get over the line, and a win is a win is a win. But 
you you contrast that with the likes of um, the Martins, the way they the way they um, the way they control proceedings to win by six points. Albeit they started quite slow, uh, Alan Quigley had a absolutely lit up the whole evening with a score taken and making it. it was a, it was a masterclass. He clipped up. He has his best outings in the league. Plays very well down there, Quigley, and uh, he rattled off three in a row to put them four 0 ahead. Lovely dummy, forty five, stroke to free, new routine as well, and. <laughs> The Marins at that stage looked to be misfiring up front. Uh, Samurai did sell them with a free. Then they found a foothold in the game. And when they did, they quickly levelled. Through Rooney in the square. And he... I think it was Paul Barrel actually did level the game. But once they got level and got ahead in the on the 22nd minute, Rooney actually got the score to put them ahead. And that was it. That was a, a good first quarter for the Joes. And that was, that was how long the resistance lasted. Because... Martin's just saw it to half very very efficiently John Clutterbuck gets a goal more advanced role this year Val, Val Leddy whacked over a point and Murray landed a free as well that gave them a, a, a five point lead at the half time and then after half time it was a bit of a non-event really um, <coughs> once uh, once um, the Sam Mulroy was fouled for a penalty and he took it himself and buried the bottom right corner and that was it. The game was more or less over. A load of subs coming on. Black Hair of Conor Morgan kind of watered down the intensities. And as such was the control the Martins possessed, they could have the luxury of being outscored in the last few minutes. Jack Mulligan held himself to 1-2. He's quite good, quite impressive. And that could be crucial for them in terms of score difference in the final game against the Jairs. But... Uh, yeah, the Martins, just the difference in the, the way they can control the game and uh, see the game out without a, a pure panic, despite being outscored. And they look good, they have options as well. They're, 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 I know they're missing a couple of players from last season's final winning team, but it's great to get over the line. It's great to get back up moving again. And uh, yeah, I suppose that's it. That's the, um, that is the, uh, that's the senior wrapped up. Um, so four wins there for the Martins, the Moctis, Ardy and the Dreadnoughts. Three of those teams operating in the top of Division 1 and then the Moctis, Division 2 team, uh, still battling with the best of them. So now I'm going to get on to Red Stars. Right, so this is where I picked players that showed they were really good the weekend. Really um, represented their clubs well, showed a level of skill and intelligence on the ball and quality that could make the step up for the county. Uh, I suppose you have to start with one man that everyone would love to see in the red and white and would have loved to see how he's got on, how he's got this far without getting the red and white on him. And that's Billy Smith. Kicked eight points for the clans, eight vital points, six in the first half, and then his two in the second started and ended the second half. And they needed the, his last three because it turned out to be the winner. But a class act, really good player, constant uh, menace and a danger inside, and accurate, tall and strong, like really, really good player. So I'd love to see him in in loud uh, in the loud setup just to see how he get on. Can he bring that clans form to uh, the loud setup or to the intercounty scene? Uh, this man top scored um, for the entire weekend. I'd say with his tally, I probably scored more than some. He scored more than a lot of teams scored in the whole uh, 
and the whole championship a couple of teams together might have scored as much as Barry O'Hare scored scored 112 over the weekend and probably similar to Billy Smith you'd love to have seen him in the Loud jersey um, he has played underage with Loud he's played junior very well this year actually and you just love to have him involved and you, you think why would you not have a, a scored forward like that not involved you've seen how William Woods when he stepped up took, he took his uh, scoring form at junior level and intermediate level up to the Loud ranks and once a lad can score, it doesn't matter. And even if he's in training, he can help you. He can help you defenders stop a lad like that scoring, and and that accuracy is just is like it's there to be marvelled at, really. Um, will he carry the roach to uh, a junior championship? That is the question, and that that um, that is only one that Barry that Barry might be able to, an- to able to answer. Um, from that game, Sam Riley impressed from the Knicks. Um, I think that it must be Alex's brother in goal, the goalkeeper. But Sam's tall, competent player, held himself to a point. And I know he had a midfield number on his back when he was playing inside. Um, ton of names here down here. So there's ton, the thing is about it is there's loads of talent, loads of talent out there, and loads of players that have potential. And wants to get the right um, team around them or set up around them, they're very, very loads of potential. Um, couple of Plunkett's players I'll stick with that Plunkett's uh, clans game Luke Haggins needs to be looked at again in goals the way his uh, the length of his kickouts and the way he operates the way he operates his whole defence really and then he, he wasn't found wanted making saves as well um, but it, the way he, he provides a platform with the distance he gets on his kickouts and he can come up a kick free he's kicked a lovely curling free did have a chance to level he missed that but we'll forget about that because Haggins is definitely an option and needs to be looked at not just because of his well that's the way the game has gone now if you have an accurate kick out and you get your kick outs away and you find your targets well then that's uh, that's that's majority of goalkeeping in GA nowadays and he, you'd like to see he could push the likes of Craig Lynch again and Fergus Sheikey as well another Plunkers player Sean Rice he didn't start for the Plunkets, so you're wondering why why would you mention Sean Rice? But he came on at half time and he was he was he was outstanding. Absolutely a revelation when he came on in defence for the Plunkets. He hoovered up absolutely everything, kinda of dropped in a sweeper's role, picked up a lot of ball, but then he used it quite well, intelligently, broke up a lot of play and started off a lot of counter-attacks where they got scores out and cut out a lot of balls and he wonder how did he not start because he was terrific he had a really good impact because uh, the Plunkers made a triple substitution at half time and he was one of those and he was very excellent excellent player at calling back so uh, look out you'll, you'll, you'll probably hear him mentioned again probably by me uh, Jerry Curran as well came on another lad that didn't start come on um, and impressed when he came on and you wonder why did he not start? He has been starting for the for the clans recently in midfield. Good player, obviously good pedigree with the same name as his father. But um, yeah, really good player, and you'd like to get him in there and get him looked at and get him in the setup. Um, who else? Let's go to senior now. And oh, more won't go on about him too long. I've mentioned him here on the podcast tons of times. Uh, really good player, solid. Not overly big for a midfielder, but got through an awful lot of work for the rallies and never stopped. Never stopped, and he was the engine room, and he was the main cause why the Marys couldn't shake them off. Um, Joe Flanagan provides a good platform as well, picks his targets, pings them out. 
him and Haggins like they're very similar they were there before as well would Joe go back and then one player that is similar to Billy Smith as well from the Rattleys serious operator and it, it's 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 mad actually that from the Rattleys 310 tonight well their tally tonight didn't score 310 yeah 310 this man didn't score but he was he was just he was brilliant Ben Rogan uh, inside forward he started on the 40 and moved into the full forward line in the second half and he's just a menace uh, really hard to mark loaded the ground strong aggressive accelerations very good accuracy is there as well but um love to see him in the setup you need like to mark like uh, the likes of uh, the cornerbacks Fergal Donahue um, Emma Carlin and Oh, uh, say James Crave or Dan Cork they didn't only love to mark a lad like him in training to get used to a pacey inside forward like that and just powerful one at that Ben Rogan I'd have him in uh, Donald McKenney Sean he's Sean when he came on for Laird on the 20s and uh, solid very solid operator um, he played in the full back line tonight and playing the half back line and has played in the half back line for the Marys but yeah really solid player really good chap and um, has loads of potential loads of potential only young he was captain of the minor team that won a couple of years ago and then um, another young RD defender uh, Carl Faulkner uh, has loads of potential and was with the under 21s I think he was on that uh, Conor Grimes Ryan Bourne's team really good player then a couple more half-backs. Um, Andrew Smith was on the loud panel a couple of years ago. Um, was a bit with the Horlers this season. He was brilliant for the Brights. He was absolutely outstanding the way he drove forward and kicked. The two points he kicks were, were, were excellent. Just driving runs, piercing through the Kevin's rear guard. And two points, his two points were very, very important. He, he plays a sweeper role, plays a right half-back role. But uh, his main role is transition and driving up up the field for the brides, and he does it very well. And then he, he adds the flourish of a of a nice point, well, a couple of points. So key to the game and the one by two points as well. So yeah, Andrew Smith, you'd look at him and definitely try and get him in again. Uh, Neil Thornton, another player for the brides, um, relatively unknown young player, but has the athleticism to, to go far and, and, and play really well. He did well for the... He, he's becoming an important member of the Brides. Very good player. And then another player for the Brides. And this fella, I would I would be very, very surprised if he's not on the loud senior panel next year. That's Sean Murray. Excellent, excellent player. Top, loads of balance. He was... When he came back into the game... The Brides really took over and won the game, saw the game out. He was brilliant in the first half with the ascendancy. Very lively, kicked a really good free kick as well from distance. Left footer, really good player, really good player. And I suppose uh, a couple of the players that annoyed him tonight, well, frustrated him, you could say, would be Danny Crosby and goals for the for the Cavins. Obviously, he's a good understanding with his brothers are in the mid, middle field. I presume the brothers, I think the brothers. But he made some great stops. Um, so he did he handled everything that was thrown at him high balls uh, a couple of saves he made really good really uh, really impressive outing from Danny Crosby his brother Lee Crosby uh, single handedly dragged the Kevins back into the game after half time with a savage long range point to get them going and then struck, struck in a goal 
Um, I think I'm nearly getting to my list here. I've about, yeah, I've four players left. Uh, Padraig O'Donoghue from the um, Falcons had a really good display for the Falcons. Was solid in the half back line there. He, um, big chap, big tall player, rangy player. He got cut out so much possession that the, the young Irelanders uh, played away. And uh, it had to be done because in behind him, and this is another player I'd have on it, he was on the Laird Junior panel this year, Jordan O'Donoghue. He's really becoming a real leader and he's back in that leadership skills with points. Son of the manager, but he's, he's like the manager on the field, um, kicking scores and being a leader, providing that leadership. But he's kicked a wonderful sideline uh, in the corner, curled that over. And he put them, it was him that put them three points ahead, maybe four points ahead yeah 6-2 put them four points ahead with his um, with three points in a row and he was good very good he just the Irelanders couldn't get more of Jordan O'Donoghue into the game and they suffered as a result and then you're going back up the senior then again and uh, Conor Morgan for the uh, Martins was very solid tonight in a kind of a different role he has played more of a forward role. He's known known to be a midfielder, but he played at number six tonight, centre back, and he's he's good reader of the game. He's big, he's strong, he's more potential to grow as well, and he can read the game, read it very well. Um, probably not as defensive coverage, but that will get better. But his the way he could attack the line late in the second, probably the end of the first half, he attacked the line and he uh, really he adapted to the situation in front of him and he played it very well and his size and ability and you'd like to think you'd have him in the in the loud panel he's Walker Wayne before obviously with that minor team he's midfield on that um, Leinster final minor losing team um, then a couple of other players um, Darren McMahon from the uh, the Moctis was, was brilliant really good link play really good work ethic and walked his socks off and walked the uh, walked the gales off. Really, he just just kept going and kept going and plugging the pl- plugging the play and just just was very solid. Just got through. The, I'd say I'd love to know how many times he touched his possession because I'd say it was right up there. Um, because he he's just very composed footballer and you could tell from the start when the with the hits and the, the aggression levels he was up for it and. Uh, Showed a bit of quality as well, uh, finding finding his finding his inside forwards and one of those inside forwards, very similar to Ben Rogan, low to the ground, pacey and very very dangerous and has a real eye for goal and a real like uh, assertion when he gets the ball. He is going for goal and that was uh, Stephen McCurry, absolutely excellent. He was brilliant. He was uh, he was brilliant for the. He actually got, he, he, I'd say he got a, a hand in majority of the Mokta scores. He got them going, got them ticking, he got them out of a hole. Uh, he just thrives in that open space. Gets the, gets the ball and he just turns and goes at his man. Then he has the accuracy then to finish. He usually gets a goal, Wasn't didn't get a goal today, but he set up a lot around him as well that he wouldn't be known for. He was uh, he assisted a lot of points. And I suppose, yeah, that's, that's Stephen McCooey. So that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of players thrown at it. Um, um, sorry, there's a junior player. Uh, no, I can't think of it. I think of enough names there. So that's it. Um, now we will move on to fixtures and predictions for next weekend. So we start with the junior fixtures. It's a uh, Friday night. Lanlear plays the Bannon in Haggerstown. 
Um, to me, that 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 big, that was a big win that will give them confidence to Bannon. But they'll need all the help they can get because I think then then Lear should take care of business there. And um, they would have had a chance to look at Bannon and probably would have been a result that went against league form. So any shocks that might have been thrown at. Uh, then later they, they, they would have taken stock and, and they'll be ready for them. So uh, and then the second of that do- double header, the Knicks played the Sean's. Sean's kicked two twelve. That was that was very impressive out. And the Knicks, although they did impress with with their tally against Roach, um, Sean should have should have too much for them. On another double header, the Clans on Friday night, um, and the Minion Rovers played the Westerns, uh, and the first one to seven fifteen. And the Westerns should put a probably a bigger score than the Mitchells put on them. The Mitchells play the Glide at 8 p.m. and the Mitchells will take their confidence into Glide. But Glide have sent out a statement, like I said earlier on in the podcast, that <coughs> having lost a couple, uh, having lost a couple of championship finals, it's very hard to get to get back up for it. They're probably not everyone's favourites that they thought. They, well, I, I tipped them, but. Um, a lot of people are going with Roach and they'll be happy with that and they should take care of business with the Mitchells but a potential shock there wouldn't be surprised um, Saturday then intermediate um, in the Gaelic rounds Matt against Finbar at 6.15 Hunterstown play the Feckins after that at 7.45 then in the in Dowdles Hill on Saturday night as well you have Kilcarley playing the Clan 6.15 Former that was a intermediate repeat of an intermediate final a couple of years ago. The one that Kilcarley won, the Kilcarley forced out, and then the Dreadnoughts played the Sean O'Mahony's at eight o'clock in Dowdles Hill. Now, this that that'll be a really good game. Uh, <coughs> the O'Mahony's will give nothing easy to the Dreadnoughts who are probably feeling the effects of the Pats game, but uh, with that confidence to be giddiness and. Suppose they'll have yeah they'll have six days recovery time. The rest of the senior players, senior teams are out on the Sunday. Feel a little bit aggrieved by that. Uh, and Dowdles Hill seems a strange place to take them all the way down. But with the Manny's short, so many players, the Dreadnoughts should get over that. Similar to last year's group game as well. Then on the Sunday, the Piercy versus Roach at one p.m. in Townstown. Oh, that'll be a really good game. That's two two teams that won last week. There, one team's going to lose uh, that one, and I think, oh, I think Roach should have enough. They have a long way to go um, if they want to hold, keep on to that favourite tag, and even win the Christy Bellew. But I think they just have enough, and then. 2.30 uh, in Tannistown the Malachys take on Tones on their first outing and the Malachys should win should win got a, got a good good opening day win they should push on and beat the Tones going by league form as well that's really looks to be fairly uh, good guideline at the junior grade then intermediate the Glen Emmett's play the Brides at 2pm at the Grove uh, and then the the headline act in the Grove is 3.30 is the Blues versus the Moctis this has potential to be the game of the weekend it's the current intermediate champions versus the current senior champions and uh, a lot of people will probably go the neutral will probably go half three Sunday afternoon makes a nice time the Grove is fairly central um, I think the Blues have kicked off an awful lot of their campaigns in the Grove as well 
against Kakerly a couple of years ago the Gales yeah yeah. so there'll be no that that might suit the Moctis having a a tight tight pitch um, to kind of give them a clampers on the Blues uh, who would love to have a wide open expansive pitch um, if the Moctis can limit their space you never know what could happen that could be a, that, that will be a good game whatever happens a very interesting game to see how both sides come like with the Blues coming in cold the Moctis coming in really really bouncing into that game full of confidence then Dunleer again uh, closes the weekend the Jocks versus the Jairs at 6pm that's going to be a really good game as well two powerhouses two very physical teams with packs of scoring power Jocks have a win under the belt they'll, they'll really take that with them Geraldine's coming in cold they would have looked at the game would have picked weaknesses in the Jocks but I think the Jocks should have enough um, they'll get into the groove and their little misfire and will, will smooth itself out and they should get the win and then half seven in Dunlear the last game of the weekend be the Marys against Joe Connells the Cons play a lot of games in Dunleer and so do RD, so they're well used to it at this stage. That'll be a nice little battle. The Marys will take confidence despite um, the shaky win. Uh, the Connells operating out in Division 2. I know they pushed the Feckins along the way and the Feckins have been quite good. Um, the Marys should have a little bit more for them. They're probably slightly better defence and a game under the belt should help them. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all the weekend. That's the opening weekend's action. Thanks very much for, for, for listening. Hope you get filled in slightly or uh, a lot. And uh, thanks for, for watching all the live updates, the live full-time reports on Facebook. All the games are uh, that I'm at are covered this season. You'll have a full-time live report. and which is great to give it on the whistle let everyone know the result and how it happened and who won and what was the scores and just avoids any confusion um, loads of stuff on Instagram during the week like I said you'll have um, polls and you can guess who w- predict who wins and see the grounds and the photos and the whole lot and it's great just get on there for the crack that's loud and proud on Instagram and then Twitter as well I'll have updates and videos and previews all there and uh suppose that's it thanks very much the launch has been great uh, getting great feedback so far so thanks very much for everyone and thanks very much for listening roll on